On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Kyle Rutledge. Kyle has a unique path in getting to where he is in athletic training, and he's still going through some more changes in his career, but um, has really seen a lot along the way, done some interesting things when it comes to settings, working in a chiropractic office, and then now working at a high school and junior high school, which we can all imagine if we haven't experienced what that can be like uh, with that age group of kids. But we get into the depths of that, plus going back to school for a second time to really help bolster his career and open up some ideas of things that he would want to do in the future. So really good episode when it comes to that. Again, HE Chat is powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Check them out. We really appreciate what they do for us, uh, what they do for the athletic training community, and that they're just ambassadors for the profession. So be sure to check Mueller out. With that, enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Kyle Rutledge. Um, I am going to let him give his background. He's got a unique one. He's been in some interesting and different settings um, that I don't think are very common um, that we'll get into talking about and also um, going back to school again um, for another round, uh, which is something that I think people consider but aren't always sure about doing. So we'll hear some of his insight on that. But Kyle, I want to turn it over to you. Uh, just fill in a little bit more about yourself. All right. So I initially graduated from Kent State University in 2006. I've been a certified athletic trainer for 13 years now. After graduating, I did a year-long internship at Kent State with football and baseball, which was a fantastic experience, and I really did enjoy it and value all the uh, experiences that I gained. Um, and the good thing it w- was that I was already familiar with a lot of the staff and the treatment methods, so it was kind of it was it it felt safe for me. Um, during that time, I actually did start my master's, but after one semester, I just I mentally just needed a break from school. And then after the um, after that internship, I actually moved down to South Florida and took a position at a chiropractic uh, clinic doing outreach like half half clinic half high school and that was really an eye-opener because I didn't have that fail-safe and comfort level that I did when I was in undergrad um it was it was really unique I saw a lot of different treatment methods I got to interact with people that I otherwise wouldn't have learned to interact with different populations and um, got me into a different side of athletic training than the traditional college setting. Um, I did that for um, two years before eventually they changed my role to being two years strictly clinical, which that was really, really unique. Um, I got really good at rehab. And I got to be as creative as possible with my treatments and like kind of just got to see how I could make someone better without seeing them every day. 
which which at the first time like being 24 20 uh five years old that was a uh that was definitely a challenge because i was like okay i'm used to seeing someone every day so learning how to just see someone two three times a week was kind of an issue kind of not really an issue more of a a change for me but it was good um i was honestly just starting to get a little homesick and i came up for my dad's uh, retirement party and i actually sent a message to uh dr kimberly pier who was our uh, athletic training uh, education program coordinator and i was like hey you want to have lunch you know just kind of catch up because i was in town i was and when i had lunch with her she asked when i'm gonna kind of finish my masters um and she told me up the about the opportunity that i have now it's like i work for suma health it's a hospital based in akron ohio but initially the position was a graduate assistant position so at 27 years old i had to make the decision was i going to repack my stuff move back across the country um and finish my masters while uh, still taking and the other thing was a financial hit right i mean i was making pretty decent money and then i was going to be a ga which does not make as much money as a full-time position <laughs> um it must have been there <laughs> yeah it was definitely something to ponder um she told me i didn't have to like make that decision right there right then and there because she knew that it was something really significant and then i just talked to uh like my family and then one day in the clinic i just i was like i need to do this because it's going to advance me a lot further than working in the clinic i was happy in the clinic but i felt like for a career wise this was going to benefit me more makes sense yeah um, somewhat tied to your non-traditional setting in the chiropractic office i don't know the laws in florida is it licensure it has to be licensure i'm assuming because there's only a couple states left um yeah. what did that look like in terms of working underneath like a physician because i know in wisconsin where we're at like it has currently how it's written it has to be mddo um that's signing off on your basically what you're able to do and whatnot is that something that you had to deal with down there or what was it more um it was pretty much open uh we can work under chiropractors so we did pretty much the same treatments and everything and he had a lot of partnerships with some orthopedic groups gotcha so if so if i had a kid that dislocated his shoulder or tore his acl that we could get we could like express lane them too gotcha yeah i was always curious about that because i know people have wanted to go like out on their own i was like well technically who's your overseeing right 
I know that's something that I think our state's eventually working towards not having to be under that. Um, but as it's written, we currently are, which can make doing some kind of as needed stuff or outreach stuff, unless you're through a hospital system. Right. Interesting for you. So just curious there, but. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, and then after I, uh, I told, so I called, I called Kim up and said, Hey, let's do this. Um, she got in touch with, um, Holly Kozak, who was the manager at, for sports medicine at the time. And now she's in a higher, she's in more of a administrative role, kind of higher up within SUMA, but she, like we got connected. We inter I interviewed over the phone, which I still kind of joke with her. I was like, Hey, you know, you could have, you could have flown down and met me in person. <laughs> I, I mean, I was about, I lived uh, about two and a half, two and a half, three miles from the uh, ocean. So I was like, it would have been a nice little, uh, nice little getaway for a weekend. Right, there could be worse places to go do an interview. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, yeah, so obviously they offered me the position. Um, so I had to figure out, oh, was, I had to apply to grad school. And this is all within six weeks. I had to apply to grad school, pack everything up, um, reapply for my Ohio licensure. Yep. Um, Hopefully easier and one. What's that? Hopefully easier than the initial time. Oh, oh yeah. Um, the good thing was that I had all my CEUs and it was wow. really just, it was really just um, like filling out the forms more than anything and taking the licensure test as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention to you, I also, while I was in uh, Florida, I was doing one day a week uh, aquatic rehab for a neurosurgeon in the area. Oh, wow. So I actually got to learn a lot about aquatic rehab because I really wasn't that familiar with it. So it was really good to learn that setting as well. and dealing with a lot of spine patients, um, ranging from a thoracic fusion to a disc replacement, either in the lumbar or cervical region. So, and those people got really, really good results. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was definitely an interesting uh, position as well. And, so I moved back um, about, I think it was about the first semester that I finished grad school. My boss gets a call from my, one of our primary sports medicine physicians, one of our, my athletic director and the principal at the time saying that they need to find a way to get me full time. Um, I mean, I think it was more showing the value and not wanting this to fail because I risked a lot to actually come back. Right. So I really didn't have much of a choice but to succeed. 
Is there anything specific that you did there to like show your value? Was it outcome measures, you know, injury tracking? Um, you know, maybe it was just general feedback. Right. The athletic director, because uh, I think that's important for us as a profession. And that's awesome when people go and support that. And even saying, I can't remember if you were, saw the, I saw it go on Twitter last night. Just, I think it was from a account about like soccer. About, oh my God. Yeah. I was, that was, that was fantastic. And just like, again, like the value side of it, like that it was ridiculous. Um, and we'll link that up when we get this out in a week or two. Um, okay. But like just demonstrating, like, you know, is there anything you did specifically or things that you found that seemed to work? Um, yourself under the weight of being there? Hours apart. Um, what's that? Without, you know, just the fact that you were maybe there a lot, you know, kind of right. the balance of it, but still proving your value. Yeah. So I don't think I really did anything specific. I mean, I might have, but I don't think it was really anything out of the ordinary, but it might just be something that I'm perceiving, not um, that people might see as going above and beyond. But I really think that should be the standard of care that we're delivering to our patients, whether um, we're in a high school clinic, whatever. Um, I really just got involved with the community. Um, I took time to talk to parents before uh, something bad happened. So they'd know, so they really knew me more as Kyle Rutledge person at, as opposed to Kyle Rutledge, the athletic trainer at the high school. So I think one thing is to really get to know the parents and the patients really as your, um, as people, not just, uh, Oh, you're this patient. Um, I was talking to um, a lot of our like physicians. Like when I would make referrals to the physicians, I would make it as much detailed as possible, so that when I sent them to them, they already had a great idea of what I thought was going on, and reaching out and. Like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's this. Here's this. Here's what I'm finding. Um, let me know what you think. And really just trying to get involved with the physician as much as possible. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, I think, make it as easy for them and make their job easier, then you're going to get more support. Like, the more detail they get in an email or phone call, about an athlete, I think it's more beneficial for that. Right. I can understand that one completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really just think that's it. So eventually I did graduate and that was exciting. <laughs> and yeah, we, we got the full, we became full time and I've been here. This is going to be my ninth year. So obviously the community really likes me and I really like them. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that really does. And like, I'm just expanding now my role. Um, we have a new school that opened 
four or five years ago, somewhere around there. And in addition to the high school uh, students, we now have seventh and eighth graders in the building. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's actually been really positive because um, the students are getting to know me earlier. They're getting exposed to better healthcare. And now the coaches even know, hey, we have someone that will actually take care of you as opposed to, oh, someone sprains their ankle or might have a concussion and not know what to do. So we, it's good for both the parents and the coaches that know that we, we have someone that will take care of you if right. you need it. I think sometimes that's half the battle is getting people to understand that, that you're not just there right. to tape an ankle and get some water out. And maybe <laughs> you're, you're there for the whole, the whole gambit of it. Right. Um, and also not, um, Hey, you're just the ice guy. No, I do a lot more than that. Yes. Um, Ugh. and <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I saw your, I, I heard your uh, thoughts on ice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I think there's a better way. I just think that we can do more. Right. Yeah. And like, I think it's, I think the research is definitely starting to come out on that, which is pretty neat. Um, so I've been there. So I've been there for going on. Uh, this is year nine, like I said. Um, and now we're, you know, about to start back up August 1st. So. Wow. Yeah. Your ass is coming up. I thought my summer was over. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's coming fast and furious, whether I uh, want it to or not. Right. How is it you had mentioned or in the episode sheet? You know, working with junior high school athletes. Like, I haven't worked in a high school or younger setting. You know, covering right. kids and whatnot, you get a little bit of exposure to it. Um, right. I got to imagine there's some sort of fine line of walking and figuring out what's truly an injury versus what's just a little ache and pain slash maybe they don't want to do everything that they're being asked to do. And then right. I can only imagine with the high school, but also junior high, like getting them to be compliant with anything. Oh, how, yeah. like, how do you manage all that? Okay. So, um, as far as injury wise, you all, you never really need, should be dismissive of the athlete of what they're talking about. So you really just, one, you get to know the kids. Like you, I, I obviously will try and swing by as many junior high practices as possible, talk to them, kind of get to know them more personal. Um, and you really just talk to them and see what's going on and look at it but based on the evaluation and you determine oh is it just is it just uh oh they got they're just sore or are they um or are they just uh whatchamacallit of course the phone would ring but <laughs> um but 
or is it actually something to, that needs further evaluation uh, from one of our uh, primary care sports medicine physicians? So it's just it just really comes down to the patient and who they are and kind of getting to know what's going on with them and really being aware of your clinical evaluations. And with those athletes, you have to be more cognizant of uh, growth plate injuries. Right. So with that type, with the those, if I have a doubt, I'm going to punt a hundred out of a hundred times because I'm not going to miss a fracture. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely, uh, their, their personalities are a little different than um, the high school kids, <laughs> to say the least. I can imagine. Yeah, but they're I good. I have the patience, so I applaud right. everyone who does it. I don't know that I could. I right. Yeah, and and now that I've been there so long, a lot of my patient, a lot of my student athletes that graduated, I'm now having their sibling. Okay. So, um, I have, uh, two kids that are seniors this year and I had their, I had their sister when she was a freshman, like she was my first, uh, class of freshmen mm-hmm. and I her and the other sister was a junior when I started. So it's actually benefited me really well in that sense because the parents know me, they know I'm not going to uh, try and give them the runaround. I'm going to go straight to the point and say, hey, here's what's going on. So we already have that trust level. That also helps. I got to imagine that spreads pretty well, too. You know, you get a couple kids to trust you and buy in and then all the rest of them kind of follow. Yeah. Play. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting trust and buy-in from patients uh, and uh, parents is is huge in a in a high school setting. Definitely. Right. Anything else on the working in the high school setting? Because I do <laughs> really want to ask you about your going back to school again and how you manage that. Um, it's something I'm also in process of and know a couple other colleagues that are, and we all ha- handle it in very different ways. Um, right. So. Um, no, not really. I mean, well, I am also a preceptor for an athlete training education program. So awesome. yeah, I'm getting to one. It's actually benefited me because I'm also learning how like staying up, on research and not really resting on my laurels. Um, so, so they keep me on my toes and I honestly enjoy it. Not just to have an extra set of hands because that, that obviously does help at high school when two thirty comes and you got to get soccer ready, volleyball, football, whatever. Oh, and do two evals and tape, uh, like 16 ankles. Okay. Yeah. And it's only going to be done by three. Yeah. Um, so, but that's been a really uh, good benefit as well. Um, and that actually will is 
I, and I've used like my connections to help them uh, expand their professional lives as well. Um, one of my former students is now a teaching assistant where I went to school. Okay. So, and I always preach to them and I always preach to them. You never know who you're going to get or who you're going to come in contact with and who knows who. Yep. So just kind of always expand your web and cast your net as far as you possibly can. I think that's really wise advice. Hard to argue with that one. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So in late February, I did decide that I was going to go back to school. Um, my, this master's is actually going to be in healthcare administration. Um, um, it'll, I think that my decision was based on eventually I do want to get into administration and into a different role. I'm still having a lot of fun and enjoying the high school setting, but eventually there might be a time where I need to transition, whether it be family or personal or whatever. Right. And since I don't have any um, outlying responsibilities, like no uh, kids and or wife or anything like that, so I figured now was the time to do it. And also, I think that it's going to help me uh, increase my personal marketability. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I think that it'll also help show that athletic trainers are capable of being an administrator as well. Like we can run physician practice offices. We can be like a service line director for where we're hiring different physicians. Like, are we, oh, we can, we're capable of running a day-to-day operation. And it'll just kind of be that next step in my career. I've heard a lot of people argue that just based on the world that we've come up in, you know, like you, you just reference like what you have to get done between two and three and just everything else you're juggling. Like we're efficient as a profession. Right. In terms of like running a clinic like that, like that's a person that you're not going to get so stressed that it's not going to get done or, you know, you'll still be able to figure everything out. Um, and just the qualities that we possess as a profession backed up by now, you know, the education on kind of the intricacies make perfect candidates for exactly what you said. Right. And also in like the United States, we're shifting towards more of a population health uh, care model. Right. So, God, we've been doing that for how many years where we're focusing on prevention? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that us doing the prevention piece in not only the college setting, but oh, we can go industrial, we can design programs for just the general population, and we'll save 
insurance companies' monies will increase patient satisfaction. It's going to be huge. Yep. Yeah. I'm actually working on a on my population healthcare uh, project right now, and that's yeah. So it's actually pretty exciting. I'm not going to go into the, all the details, but um, right um, when I get it done, I can like email it to you. So oh, that'd so be awesome. Kind of Even a quick follow up episode on what that looks like would be really interesting. Yeah, um, and there's some other. Uh, uh, but there'll be some interesting things that, that'll come up with that. And I think that as population health will expand, like our roles can expand. So why not just do it? And we can, we can really do some great things for the healthcare system in general. For sure. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the healthcare system and model of the country is changing. We need to ch we need to adapt to it. I think we're in a or good, else we're going to be left behind. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, with just prevention, and I think we're in a good position because eventually, I think it's going to get so big, something's going to have to break. It just it has to the way that mm -hmm. things are going and. If we can get out and get ahead of it, you know, and look at some of the different things that we could do, not only on an athlete population, but like you said, the general population in terms of prevention, you know, to save the replacements or maybe not as many replacements of joints. Excuse me, right. don't, you know, that that's where it's going to have to go or else it's going to be kind of ugly at some point, I have a feeling. <laughs> We'll right and yeah we will see and it won't just be like in like orthopedics like we can work on diabetes prevention and hyperlipidemia and a bunch of other chronic illnesses that a lot of americans are dealing with every day it'll be an interesting so Ten years, but we'll see. Yeah, it, it it's definitely going to be interesting, um, for sure. Um, so that's you know, I mean, that's how I'm really going to utilize my education opportunities. I mean, now that I'm looking at this administrative role, like we can. I might be going into like a physician practice manager or strategic planning for a hospital or whatever. I mean, it'll, it'll evolve into the non-traditional setting Absolutely. at some point. Yeah. But at the same time, having that athletic training background, that'll really, really help me uh with time management for sure um budget <laughs> like budgeting um i don't know what your budget is but not mine huge. is mine's probably a lot <laughs> what's that mine is not huge <laughs> right um mine is not huge either but um 
but it's it's fine for high school and like I'm grateful for what I have, but it's it's also you forced me to utilize like be as efficient as possible when I order things. Yep. We do the exact same thing. Right. It's like, oh, well, I can uh, I'll see how I buy things that will use that I'll use more than once than oh, just a single use item. I I know that feeling. Right. Well, anything else specifically you'd like to cover? Um, so <laughs> working full-time and being a full-time uh, yeah. student has definitely been a challenge. Initially, it was like kind of, kind of a shell shock. Like, holy crap, I got to go. I got to figure out. I have six games. I have, I have papers due. Yeah. Um, it really just came down to time management. Um, I still found ways, like times to play with my dog and have somewhat of a social life, but it was really just what works best for me was having a calendar, marking all my games, and saying, okay, well, I have like this much time on this day to do homework. And then really um, utilizing Sundays as a uh, day to get caught up on stuff. So it's really learning time management. Yep. I can understand that one completely. <laughs> right. And uh, and right now I'm I'm taking another eight credits. So when this quarter is ending September 1st. So August is going to be uh, quite interesting to say the least. <laughs> um, Preseason sports and grad school. So that's, that's, it'll just be kind of interesting, but I also have this goal of getting down to maybe one class by Thursday or one in like, oh, I just got to write one section on it yep. on another paper. So that's, that's where I'm at with that. And so, and, and it, right. It's how many plates can I spin at once without burning myself out? Right. The ultimate question that everyone. <laughs> right. And, and, and when you start feeling yourself getting burned out or whatever, you need to recognize that um, before it becomes overwhelming. So also planning a PTO day or, hey, you know what, this weekend, I'm not going to do anything related to school. Right. Like you got to find time to have some work-life school balance. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, it'll be. It's definitely been interesting. Well, it sounds like it'll all be worth it. You got a plan. I've got to imagine it makes it a lot easier too, knowing exactly what you're trying to accomplish. So, right, yeah, it, it, that's the other thing. You have to have a plan before you dive into it. Yep. Um, that one. Right. So. Yeah, we can go and do the five questions. Yeah, with that, let's jump into them. All right.
I'm actually going to lead off with the second one just because we kind of talked about it a little bit. But where do you see the athletic training profession going in the next five to ten years? Um, I think that the profession's going to just explode in a very positive way. We're going to show the um, really the country how valuable athletic trainers are and we're not just working in the traditional high school college professional settings we we are healthcare providers we can take care of you if you're not the traditional athlete like and i think our roles are really going to expand as well like practice managers we're going to be we might be leading a hospital system maybe in 10 years. Who knows? Yep. I'd be, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be, that would, that would be outstanding. I think for the profession. For sure. No, I agree completely. Yeah. Uh, circling back around, what does being okay. a trainer mean to you? Um, so I think that we are the biggest influences on a young adult's healthcare and profession because we can help build that trust, especially where in the setting that I'm in, we can build that, that trust of, okay, an athletic trainer is going to take care of me and look over me so that when they come to your setting, they already know okay, if I'm hurt, I can go to this guy and he's not going to just, oh, you're hurt, just sit down. No, we're going to influence, like, your health care. Like, we'll take care of you. We'll get you whatever you need so you can be back on the field as best as possible. I, I think the high school setting, and you know, like you said, into the junior high, we have really good people at those levels you know that are doing everything that you're saying like that does so much for the profession because you get to them early in their career and that just does the whole profession a better service um just because it gives a great example of what the profession can do so i for that yeah yeah collegiate level we appreciate when they're you know good Athletic trainers in high school, a decent strength coach, man, it's a whole different athlete that comes in versus someone that just didn't have access to those things. So Right. And, and I think now that more high school, more high, yeah, athletic trainers are going to be in the high school setting. Um, I think you in the collegiate setting are going to see that more often. Right. I agree with that. What advice would you give yourself as a young athletic trainer? If you could go back and like <laughs> a wave of advice. Oh man. Um, I think that when I was going through my program, I didn't take as much advantage as some of the learning opportunities that I should have. And I do regret that a little bit, but at the same time, it's also helped me grow and being a preceptor, I've kind of made it a point to tell my students, hey, 
you this is your clinical experience you need to make the most out of it like uh so it's kind of been one of those things where i can turn it around and benefit the next generation i say the same thing all the time almost verbatim right. for the same reasons right so what has been your most influential resource that you've found in your career um well, obviously, everyone's going to say they're mentors. Um, but also, honestly, um, in addition to the mentors, social media has really connected this profession um, and made it much smaller um, than, it, than it already was. I mean, like you're all the way in Wisconsin. I'm in Ohio. I mean, so it's really brought different perspectives from different uh, different regions of the country together. Yep. And we're all trying to find the same common goal. I think our profession has done a good job thus far in just where we are. You know, I'm not trying to knock on it, but the fitness profession can get a little nuts because they're always trying to find their niche, you know, like the fanciest new exercise or the diet or whatever it may be. Oh man. I, I hope yeah. that doesn't happen to us. I could see potentially in the future, but I think so far it's been all very good, you know, data driven stuff. And there's just not so much like fringe that we could get in a place where it gets a little sketchy to say the least. <laughs> right. And, and I think realistically we like, we're all professionals and we all share that same common goal of betterment of our athlete or patient, whichever uh, population that we're doing. Like we realize that together we can, we're a lot stronger than if we're separate. For sure. You could change or eliminate one thing could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, or anything else you come up with in the field of athletic training, what would it be and why? Um, I, I do want to change the conception that we are, we're just there to tape ankles or give out ice or, oh, here, we're not just uh, people that give, give athletes water. We are healthcare providers. Like, yeah, people see that that aspect on game nights but they don't know what all we do behind the scenes right and we can we are treating athletes and injuries and a lot of, like well we're there for the athlete when when they're at their lowest so we got to be that positive influence like i said earlier to bring them back up to uh getting into the mindset of okay here's the injury let's get better we can do this and we're going to do it together I, I agree i've been doing more reading on that looking at some stuff from my own schooling and looking at some of the comments that come back from coaches and administrators in these studies it's that there's a lot of education that still needs to occur and I, again like we just talked about like at the high school level the more that that can happen just because of the reach and the impact, that's huge. It's huge. It's important. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and I think that I think I I honestly think within the five ten years, like we talked about, is going to really change. Yeah, I think the profession, the NITA, everybody's doing a good job trying to continue to push it out there, and that's what it's all about. Yep. Well, in closing, if I will do the links that you had put in there for me, but if people wanted to connect with you, chat about anything, what's the pl- best place to do that? for you um um probably the best place to find me is on twitter at ksr underscore atc um i usually post a lot of stuff relating to athletic training um a lot of pictures of my dog if you've kind of (laughs) gone through there and um some other like other some other stuff mainly like 80s wrestling because i'm an 80s kid there you go. That's what we like. That's what we like. You got you to gotta love those throwback ones. Is that, <laughs> so is that an Ultimate Warrior mug? Uh, Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was that or like a Batman symbol, but then as soon as you said that, I, I put the connection together. That's fantastic. Right? Well, yeah. sir, appreciate you so. being on, and thanks for sharing everything about athletic training. Oh, no problem, Joel.